Welcome to the Turkey Hunter Podcast, the original all-turkey, all-the-time podcast with your co-hosts Andy Galliano and Cameron Weddington. In our weekly podcast, we're going to bring you some wild turkey calling tips like this. From there, we're going to go into, she's aggravated, there's another hen that's challenged her, or she's challenging another hen, she's going to cut an excited yelp. Advice from old pro turkey hunters like this. The turkeys typically don't like, I think, more times than not, to travel in an easterly direction into the sun first thing in the morning, especially after he gets up. It's a blinding thing. It, it, it's just like you. It's hard for you to see into the sun. Mm-hmm. So if I have a choice, I'm going to try to make it so that I'm going to be on the west side in the morning east side in the afternoon of a turkey exciting live hunts like this holy crap they're coming teach you how to cook your bird with advice such as this with some fresh rosemary and garlic and then cool that off and spread that along the inside of that butterflied turkey breast that we've seasoned on both sides wildlife management tips for your property especially with turkeys like this if you look at the type of habitats that turkeys need for nesting and brooding that tends to be habitat that can be managed more successfully with growing season fire than with dormant season fire. And hopefully along the way, we'll get plenty of these. Well, on November the 28th of 1953, I was attached when I popped out of my mom and the baby doctor spanked me on the bottom. I went, oh, and I've been doing it ever since. <laughs> I like that. Thank you for tuning in, and now, for this week's show. Hello, and welcome back to this week's episode of the Turkey Hunter Podcast. You are listening to episode number 424, Traveling and Turkey Hunting, with Jordan Barnes. And I am your co-host, and the guy who hunted behind some dogs this past weekend and i'm your co-host and the guy who got skunked Mm, yep in in multiple ways so talk about way number one so this morning we're going duck hunting and i'm on a predator killing mission and we're driving down we have a field road that goes through these big fields to get down to our bottom where we duck hunt and we're driving down it and the headlights came across the skunk about halfway out in the field and i was riding with my buddy caleb and i was like i was like put the brakes on Keep the lights on that skunk. And I jumped out, got my gun, and ran that joker down and let him have it. Mm. So add another one to the list for the year. That was Predator 168. And he's gone. The only problem is he sprayed, and with a nice south wind, the entire time we duck hunted was quite skunky. A little skunky. (laughs) It was like a half mile away, but it was pretty bad. So... do you think that's what kept the ducks away? No, I think what kept the ducks away <laughs> is that there were no ducks. So that was the other part of the skunking is we figuratively got skunked. We did not kill any ducks. Yeah. So we've had a great year. I'm not complaining. But the past two days, I think we are kind of in limbo between pushes of ducks. So yeah. the ones we did see, you know, there'd be a pair that probably used to be in a group of 20. They got a little PTSD. They see a decoy and they, they fly back to Canada. You know, they're, they're out. Mm-hmm. So it's been kind of tough. The only, pretty much every duck you see is already knows where it's wanting to go because it probably was sitting there yesterday and did not get shot. Yeah. And there, we just need new ducks. So this giant cold front is going to freeze us up, but after it thaws out, we should have some new birds and hopefully the smell of skunk will be out of the duck <laughs> hole. Oh uh, yeah. 
Maybe so. <laughs> Maybe. But I've gotten to where, like, like the other morning we were in the boat and saw a coon in a tree, and I was like, stop, pull me over there. But he got wow. in a hole before I could shoot him. Oh, man, that stinks. Yeah, but, you know, now that I know what the effort and time it takes to trap these jokers, if I get an easy chip shot go kill the skunk out in the field, I'm in. I mean, that that's way easier than setting traps and everything. Yeah. So I'll, I'll take them however I can get them. It doesn't have to just be traps. I just want them gone. Right. But totally get it. were you bird hunting, rabbit hunting, squirrel hunting? Rabbit and squirrel. All right. So we... Any success? Yeah, we did pretty good behind the squirrel dog. And the you rabbit... Was a little feist? Uh, yeah, he is... He's a feist, and he is, I don't know, he's probably the grumpiest, no, maybe the second grumpiest person on the trip. Nice. But he hates squirrels. That's what you want on a good squirrel dog. Yes. And so (laughs) he's getting a little old. He's a little out of shape, but I'm, you know, was, I was, I'm not going to say I was pleasantly surprised. I got the kind of squirrel hunt out of him that I thought we would get, but I'll say his owner was pleasantly surprised at how well he performed. But Nice. You know, even when you get old and out of shape, if you hate squirrels, you you still hate them. Yeah, so he is to squirrels what you are to chipmunks. Yes. Got it. Absolutely. That's a pure that's as pure a hatred as I know. It is. On this earth. Yes. So, yeah, it was a it was a great trip getting to hang out with the guys. That was our annual winter trip. Cool. And so that was a lot of fun. And we did a little predator hunting Saturday morning before we packed up to go to our respective homes. Yeah. But had zero luck with the predators. So. I'm surprised with you killing those foxes. You should have twice as many now. Well, it was a different piece of property. Oh, you yeah. got to kill one out there so you'll have some more. That is very true. <laughs> <laughs> Listen to last week's episode if you didn't get that reference towards the end. But I had somebody message me on IG saying that the people in his hunting club saw 15 coyotes over the weekend, so someone must have killed one <laughs> a few weeks prior to that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Somebody killed one. There there was only one before that, but right. now there's now 15. There's 15. <laughs> that's that's right. That's hilarious. Yes, I'm I'm actually gonna probably try my hand at predator hunting on Saturday because anything that is water in Tennessee will be a block of ice by Saturday. Yeah. So we'll not be duck hunting. I'm gonna go try to predator hunt Saturday, I think. See if I can't get a coyote or a coon or a bobcat to come on in. Yeah. I feel like my chances with a coyote or bobcat should be pretty high because they're going to be really moving, I bet. My understanding with the raccoons is they den up pretty hard when it's this cold, and they'll stay denned up till it warms back up. Really? That's interesting. Yeah, that's what the coon hunters I know, they're always like, oh man, once we get a good warm night, and I'm like, you know, it's kind of the opposite of everything else, you kind of want cold. Yeah. But well, it makes sense. If I was a coon and I had the opportunity to just go sit in a nice warm tree and stay warm. Hibernation. Yeah. yeah. Just a little hibernate for a couple of days. Yeah. But I still will probably, you know, in my predator stands, if, if nothing's happening, swap over to coon fight and see if one comes romping out. Yeah. Well, we tried a little coon fighting too and had zero luck with that. I have yet to kill a coon using the predator collar. Now, I know it really? can be done, obviously, because... Yeah, I can send you some videos. Yeah, you've done it. Jeff Nimnit has posted videos on his YouTube channel of coon hunting. It can be done. I've just had no luck doing it. And But I think the bigger issue with that for me is where do I go when yeah. every draw has running water. Yep, it's all the same. It all looks the same. All the trees look the same. You know, what I have noticed in my years of being in the woods and squirrel hunting is that where I hunt, we typically have way more raccoons who will lay up in a squirrel nest Hmm. than we do, you know, just getting in a hole in a tree. Yeah. And so, you know, I, I think that, I mean walk in the woods i'm sure it's the same all around the country walk in the woods and look up and tell me if you see a squirrel nest or 10 yeah 
<laughs> so if there's a coon in one, where are you going to stop and call? Yeah, that's you know? true. That's so. what I think out there in Kansas and stuff, calling coons is a little bit easier because you know, like, oh, here's a nice row of giant cottonwoods. Like, this is mm-hmm. where one would be. Yeah. And, you know, the ones I called in basically kind of like turkey hunting just moving and calling moving and calling moving and calling and eventually you accidentally set up near one that comes in you know (laughs) yeah yeah and then on some of our farms that are mostly upland that don't have many woods it was a lot easier to set up on a wood lot and then have one run out you know so Mm -hmm. we'll see i'm gonna i'm excited about it i'm I'm gonna do that and i think saturday's gonna be my day to do that and also maybe move my traps and get them running again i think once this uh, cold front comes through i bet the traps will be hot once it starts warming up a bit and coons and possums will be out romping yeah it seems like i saw something on the local weather today for the eight to 14 day forecast showing that we're going to have above average temperatures so, yeah after this cold front it's supposed to be like in the 50s next week well that is definitely a heat wave compared yeah it's pretty to crazy what we're so yeah at. we'll see we'll see i bet that first warm night they're going to be moving so i'd like to have my traps out and see if i can't snag some more paws before the end of the year there you go well i snagged one in a trap last weekend and then Actually, I guess it was a weekend before. And then nice. the uh, in our squirrel hunt, we popped one as well. So I've seen nice. seen two coons die here in the past two weeks. And hopefully we'll see more and more of them drop. Because I'm, I'm going to get pretty serious on the trapping here starting about now. Yeah. Yeah, so. right now through, uh, through February is a great time to be getting them. Yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. Yeah, so that's great. Speaking of February, man, we hit winter solstice this past week. And I can already tell the daylight period today is, you know, a whole minute longer. I can tell. Hey. Big difference. Minute longer, and the next day's a minute longer, and the next day's a minute longer, and eventually... There's a long amount of sunlight, which might stimulate the pituitary gland on an old gobbler. And then all of a sudden, turkey season's here, and they're gobbling on every ridge, hopefully. Well, I'll kind of look at it and say in 93 days, we'll have about two hours more daylight. And I'll be walking around in the woods in Alabama with a shotgun. Mm, hard to beat that hard to beat that you and you and me will get to crank things off in about 68 days which is hard to believe just over two months yeah and we'll be rolling so i can't wait for that and speaking of traveling which we're going to do some of this year we talked yesterday we're kind of getting our plans together for the year but yeah it's good to talk to other people such as mr jordan barnes and hear how they go about traveling because i swear you can always pick up something about travel plans from somebody else that will benefit you absolutely yeah so what no do you say we hop in here talk to jordan and learn how he goes about turkey traveling let's do it sweet see you guys on the other side hey everybody cameron and i are glad to tell you that we have on the line with us today jordan barnes with close proximity and we are going to be talking about traveling and turkey hunting. So we're starting our new series on that. And Jordan is the first guest that we're having on the show to talk about the topic. And I'm excited to hear what Jordan has to say. So Jordan, I guess, gosh, it's been a little over a year since we spoke with you. And how's the progress coming along on the super slam with, with the bow? Uh, going good i mean not as, not as great as i would uh i would probably like but i mean i just i get lucky every now and again and and i'm on the the good end of things from time to time and can't really complain it was a, it was a decent decent spring didn't end the way i'd like that's for sure but you know that's uh i guess that's why why we all do it i know i missed missed a whole lot didn't really wound any hardly just a lot of missing so, but I did knock off. I don't know. I think I knocked off five states, which, uh, like I say, not not what I was wanting to do, but happy to stumble into some success here and there. Man, that's awesome. That's five more states that knocked off with a bow than I've knocked off with a bow. So, I mean, five with a bow is that's pretty impressive. 
<laughs> I'm not real sure why you can't finish that in a single season. I mean, it seems like with bows being able to shoot these days out to, you know, 80, 90 yards, you ought to be able to finish that Super <laughs> Slam season. That's right. Yeah. Uh, yeah, 30's a long, 30's a long, long shot for me. I'm not a good shot. Ethically, I, I probably, uh, 30, I gotta, I gotta be, uh, really hurting to take a 30 yard shot, which there were several, several times. Always, I guess lately, last few years, I've just wanted to, you know, kind of hunt them more like the way I used to shotgun hunting which is pretty much bare bones just the weapon and me and so that's kind of how i i start off <clears throat> in a lot of these states and um you know it's definitely a lot more challenging uh that way than if you have like you know a hen out there you know yeah. a jake you're kind of giving them something to look at but um yeah it's uh i've kind of got my bow set up to where i can i can shoot 30 yards which gives me a about 10 more yards than I would feel comfortable, but I got one pin set up on my boat where I can shoot flat to 30, 32, and that helped, you know, kind of how, how I like to hunt them. But if I do use a decoy these days, it's because I've already beat him, you know, at his own game multiple times, and I'm kind of like, okay, I've had enough. I'm bringing out a hand. <laughs> yeah. Because this is ridiculous but uh yeah and some states like delaware i was just so hard-headed that i had a pretty decent amount of success earlier in the year and i uh i just was hard-headed i i wanted to shoot them my way and i kept getting close and kept missing and i just i left the state without putting one out but mm. that here nor there um be a new season soon that's right. Try again. Yeah. I think I've repeated uh, just about every state. I've, I don't know. I have to look at a log, but I've repeated a lot of states that I've ended up killing one in. Yeah. Yeah. That's cool. So we wanted to get you on and talk a little bit about traveling. How are you typically getting to these states? Are you Are you driving mostly? Because you're in the eastern part of the U.S. That's, you know, if you're going out west, that's a little bit further to drive. So typically, how are you traveling? You know, I've, I have flown when I hunted the Pacific Northwest, I flew. But apart from that, I've driven. So pretty much everything that I do and probably most of what I do, you know, my time moving forward will be driving, even driving back out to uh, mm. to the out left in the West. I'll, I'll probably just drive just because, you know, I got a system, how I do stuff. I'm used to it. It's, it's effective. It's kind of like, I don't know, in a lot of senses, it's kind of like my home springtime so it's kind of like some a lot of people it's funny like when i'm traveling they feel bad for me and i'm like man this is um i just feel right at home i mean i've got my back seat situated a certain way that's my bed i mean i've got a routine i got a spot you know i got I got all my stuff in a container in the back of my in my bed of my truck um you know i make coffee every morning cook eggs and bacon i got propane burners uh, I get a Love's truck stop every every four or five days, probably. Uh, I don't really wash clothes in the spring. Some people have thought that was pretty comical, but, you know, I don't know. It's just kind of, unless I get into a bunch of poison ivy, I really don't need to wash my clothes. But you and I are, are proud members of the stink club then. <laughs> I don't wash okay. my clothes in the spring either. I figure I'm washing off all that good bug spray that I've been soaking in day after day after day after day. Why would I do That's that? That's right. That's right. And that permethrin, that lays in there good. Yeah. Yeah. I've been, I'm more of the, uh, if things are going well, I don't want to change a thing, whether that means cleaning my clothes or what. Because, like, our duck season is going great right now, and I'm not, supposed to be a lot colder tomorrow, but I'm wearing the same thing. I'm just going to be miserable, but it's okay. We've been killing ducks. I don't want to change anything. Typical baseball that's right. player. Yeah, that's the baseball in me. <laughs> when you got a good streak going, you don't change socks, you know. <laughs> that's right. I tend to reward myself with a uh, with bacon and eggs and a <laughs> uh, and a truck stop shower when I when I'm successful in a state. Yeah, yeah. there you go. I like that. So I like you said a, a truck stop shower every four or five days when you're traveling. That's it. Loves most every loves truck stop has a. I think I'm paying like twelve bucks for a shower. Yeah, mm-hmm. and then um, if I really have to wash clothes, I'll find me a coin laundry and do some laundry. Mm-hmm. But honestly, I find myself doing that more in the fall whenever I'm traveling. But mostly in the spring, I just don't. 
washing clothes is just not something on my priority list. Uh, drying them, maybe, if I'm hunting in downpour rain. Yeah. Which not much to really keep me out of the woods in spring, other than maybe like a tornado. I had a tornado touchdown when I was turkey hunting last spring in Georgia, and uh, I was staying on a bird, you know, every day, and finally killed him. But the uh, yeah, the tornado got me back to the truck. But as long as it's if I'm hunting rain and stuff like that, I might find a dryer, like corn laundry or something like that. But apart from that, I really don't do a whole lot of clothes washing. Yeah. Mm. What do you do? Do you, as far as clothing is concerned, do you have several different sets of camo that you that you wear that you have packed in your in your plastic tote, your container? What What does the inside of your container look like? So I've got a bag. I got a clothes bag uh, that's kind of like my pillow or headrest. Is like I guess you know space is pretty important. To make use of your space so i'm kind of a homer i find something that i a system that i like and and that's that's pretty much what i duplicate so i was wearing and i have i'm not sponsored by mossy oak enough and i've just worn i've worn bottom land since i first started turkey hunting at 11 10 years old so um i have worn about and tried about every pant in that pattern that they make any company makes and last year, you know, I wore the same pant that I found a few years ago, which is a Gamekeeper CRP pant. It's kind of like a Carhartt. Mm. That was the best best pant I had found in that pattern, and I've got like five sets of those. Um, but here recently, I discovered uh, the Duluth Trading Company makes a pant called a Firehose Flex pant. Yeah, they're awesome. And it's in bottom land, and that thing... Uh, yeah, I've got five pairs and about to have five, five more. Yeah. So that's the best, that's the best pan I've ever found in my life. Uh, so that's, I'll have five or six pairs of those. And then I've got the same exact, the funny thing is I got the same exact, uh, comfort color, save the pulse t-shirt. That's what I wear. So I've got like six of those. I wear that. And then I put my green leafy over top of that. And then I put my, uh, put my Alaska guy creations, my, uh, not, hashtag not sponsored, um, I put that bino holder, that bino harness over that, and um, and I wear some just regular old across granges. That's what I some good good socks, darn tough socks. Probably got ten pairs of those, and probably ten pairs of boxers, and that's 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 pretty much what I keep. There you go. And do you so driving, and you're taking a bow and everything? Do you take you you have a truck you're driving? Yeah, it's a four door short bed um you have a camper top on the back no okay no it's a short bed four-door toyota coma sport full drive it's um you know i don't have a camper shell on it even if i did i couldn't sleep back there anyhow i um so i'm in, i'm back in law enforcement part-time so i used to work in law enforcement years ago so i've kind of got like a sense of you know i've kind of seen some things and i just safety's kind of priority i kind of think about things maybe a little bit differently yeah. um if i was sleeping in the back of my truck in a camper shell it's gonna be hard to get in the front seat and get out of the threat mm. um and so that's why i've never really entertained that whole system i sleep i sleep in the back seat laid out with and i'm i'm 511 so it's kind of crampy but i've got some pillows that i lay my legs up on to where I'm kind of stretched out more. And, mm-hmm. um, if I have some hobo coming up to me or somebody trying to get me, I've got a Glock, you know, on the center console, but I can get into front seat and, and drive out of the situation. Uh, yeah. you know, I shoot anybody if I don't have to. So, you know, <laughs> exactly. The yep. best thing to do is just get out of the situation. And that's what most anybody in law enforcement would tell you. You know, you don't, shooting somebody should be the last you know thing that you want to you want to do so um yeah i've just got it that way that way i can kind of and if it's hot i got ac i can change the temperature in my truck i'll leave it running it'll cost me about ten dollars and that's a lot cheaper than any motel i've found that's true i had an experience actually one time i was sleeping in where i was gonna hunt at a gate and i was sleeping in my car and another truck pulled up and just like put its lights on me at like one in the morning. And it was just like, you know, I had that off feeling and it was kind of in that moment I was happy I was in the driver's, you know, seat. And so I actually, I just drove off. I was like, Hey, if they're trying to steal the spot, they can have it, but I ain't trying to fight anybody at 1am right now. <laughs> yeah. You know, when I was, I have never been 
more relieved in my life to get an air in a turkey and get out of the state more than West Virginia. I was, you know, mostly all I hunt is public land because, it's, you know, you buy the license and you hunt. And, uh, you know, you don't, you just put your research to the test. You spend a lot of time investing into the hunt that way. You drive around, you find the turkeys through boot leather, through tanks of gas, and, and you go hunting. Well, West Virginia had a, had a listing in West Virginia. And so I was hunting that listing. So it's kind of a, not the norm, but when I was at that place, uh, it's right there in Hatfield McCoy land. And I mean, there was like four-wheeler gangs riding around. And when I pulled up there the first night, the neighbor came up to me and he was talking to me. He said, son, <laughs> he was like, son, you're crazy to park right there. I was like, what you mean? This is my listing. He said, man, them people will tote your truck off. Like, you don't realize these people out here, they're poor, don't have anything. I mean, they'll stab you. And, uh, and at that time I didn't have, I didn't have my pistol with me or nothing. I really didn't think about it. And so that, that next night I slept with a, with a knife on the console, but I'm going to tell you when I, when I killed that turkey that next day, I was, uh, I was pretty relieved and happy to get out of that situation. So you probably yeah. were parked in his spot. That's right. Yeah, probably. Yeah, I, tell you, no, I saw I saw one of the four other gangs riding by back and forth, and uh, yeah, they actually the guy told me he said they had a shootout on that ridge that I was parked at like oh three gosh. four months before I got there. Jeez. So that winter, that winter before they had a shootout, like six seven people shooting at each other back and forth, like high powered rifles and pistols and shotguns and all kind of stuff. Yeah. What do you? As far as well, let me ask you this: what What's the longest leaving home before you returned home turkey trip you've done? Consecutive days. Normally, I mean, my schedule these days, I've kind of, I've had, you know, it's not, it's not for everybody. I'll just say that first off, like this thing is, uh, this is, this is not for everybody. There's a lot of sacrifices that that you have to endure. I mean, my wife's not listening, but if she was, she'd kind of agree. Um, I've I quit really good jobs to be able to turkey hunt because turkey hunting is my life. I mean, that's, that's what, what I do. I mean, it's who I am. And so I've, I've made a lot of sacrifices, you know, quitting a really good paying job, not accepting another really good paying job, kind of got my schedule to where I can do this. Yeah. Uh, pretty much now I work, work part-time in law enforcement, a bunch when it's not turkey season. And then I sell land with Mossy Oak property and i do youtube so those are my three avenues you know revenue streams and pretty much when it's not when it's springtime you know i'm i'm turkey hunting mm-hmm. uh, and that you know i've put off having kids and you know a lot of other stuff so it's kind of just comes with the territory but i say all that to say i say that just to kind of describe that it's it isn't for everybody but my schedule normally you know i pick i wish i could i used to hunt florida a good bit i wish i'd get down there hopefully i can get down there you know sooner than later again just to get an earlier start but i typically will pick a few early season states and with georgia opening later now you know i'll it gives me the ability to hunt a few early states but hunt a few early states that i haven't hunted in before is normally what i do um, those are getting lesser and lesser uh, now. I don't, I don't think there's many that, that I can really get to that would be new, but I'm still going to be turkey hunting. So a few early states, then I'll come back home to Georgia. Normally I'll carve out probably about seven days is what I've got to finish in Georgia, and then I'll leave, and I'll make a pretty big swing. Uh, that first big swing will probably be around April 7th-ish to the, the maybe the 18th-ish something like that and then i'll come back home uh i'll probably be in georgia for another five days if i got a tag left or I just don't have time to to take a bunch of people and do all that stuff that i used to i try to get with my dad maybe um if he's still got a tag and then and then later in april probably around i'd say the 25th i'm i'm gone and i'm not coming back home till till june thanks so you you are on the road i guess unless there's a family event of some sort for about a month that's right okay yeah, about a month and last year actually my my wife's grand grandma died so i had to come back yeah i, got the I, news. I knew i'd talk to you about that yeah i got the news i was in pennsylvania had a missed opportunity on a bird and i got the news the same day yeah that was kind of like a 
scent from above turkey. I, I feel like pretty emotional hunt. But the next morning, I ended up having a guy come in on me on a turkey I roosted, and I ended up killing the turkey. Um, <laughs> and I'm home for probably 10 days, and then I left again. Yeah. So are you mostly going to eat fast food? Do you carry like a cooler and when you get to a new state you just stock up how, how do you go about keeping yourself well fed for a month yeah you gotta eat to hunt hard <laughs> i mean you got to. yeah yeah typically what i what i tend to do is uh i don't eat out unless i kill the turkey like i i like <laughs> reward myself with i reward myself if i kill one that's kind of what i do so if so, i see you at the mcdonald's in a state i know this man's got feathers in the back of the truck that's right yeah, that's right. I typically will make a bunch of kind of like a goulash of brown rice and um, deer sausage and chili type deal. Mm. And I've got my good carbs in there, got lean protein in there, and I'll, I'll make like three tubs of that that I put in the cooler. And probably one of the best investments that I've found is Cabela's 100-quart cooler. I've tested it how long it holds ice, and I looked at all the reviews and did all the research I could, but... It beats a Yeti by probably 10 days. Wow. And, um, Dang. I think last, last year it held ice consecutively for like 20 days for me. That's Man. pretty stout. That's crazy. It's about 350 bucks. Yeah, I, the, the sales pitch to the wife was basically, you know, ice in the northeast. When I, when I did that run, it was probably, I don't know what how much it cost. All I know is that it raised my eyebrows enough to be like, golly, I cannot believe ice is, ice is that expensive up here. So, huh. heck, it's probably already paid for itself. Yeah. 20, that, that's a, that's an impressive amount of time holding ice. It is. It kind of blew me away because I had read the reviews and everything and um, I put it to the test. I mean, that's, that was legit. 20 days. It held, held ice. I had primed it a little bit, but still, I mean, 20 days not having to worry about ice is pretty pretty valuable when you're in certain places and you don't have to worry about driving all the way across somewhere to get ice or find ice. Do you drive, you sleep in the backseat of the truck. Sounds like you meal prep most of your meals. If you're lucky enough to kill a turkey early on, do you eat him while you're hunting? Oh, absolutely. If I... If I kill uh, a bird, then that's that's what I I'll I'll mix that in with what uh, what else I've got there to eat. I, I take a bunch of I take a bunch of uh, Nature Valley granola bars, and I've got cases of water on the toolbox. Um, and yeah. so that's pretty much what I do. I'll fry I'll fry turkey. Um, yeah, what's the uh, like, what's the Jordan Barnes campfire special gobbler? Pretty much fry him, and I make sandwiches with him, and uh fried turkey sandwich i take uh you want the recipe <laughs> let's hear it lay it on us all right so the biggest part of, of kind of what what i do and kind of the way i do it it's it's all i had an old old black belt used to cook me turkey uh all the time he let me hunt his property and i'd always bring him turkey and uh he would make it for me and i just kind of got it from him really really great individual really good friend of mine still today and uh so a lot of it he kind of taught me it's all in the prep the prep's big so i'll take the turkey and uh, i'll put him in in ice water and i can still do that on the road i just take a bunch of water and put it in the cooler and let it chill and um i'll put it in there and let it stay in there for probably you know about a about a day i keep changing the water until it turns clear and then i strip i'll just trim it some more and uh, make sure there's no tendon in it there's no gristle, no fascia. And uh, once I do that, I will cut the breast into thinner chunks where it's just like a big fillet. And uh, let's say I take one breast, that'll be about eight fillets uh, or really 12. I'll kind of score it and I'll cut it against the grain. And then once I do that, um, I don't use a meat tenderizer or anything. I just put it all on top of the cooler and then I hit it with my fist, tenderize it. And then once I do that, I'll take one of my the tub that it was chilling in, throw the water out, put it back in that tub, get me some buttermilk, some slap your mama seasoning, uh, a little bit of Lowry seasoned salt, and I'll let it chill in that for about, you know, four hours, something like that. Um, then once I've it's been chilling there, I'll take it out, get me some uh, peanut oil, got my little skillet in my burner, get it, get it to work. You know, if you flick some water in it, pop, mm-hmm. and then I'll take me... Um, some batter. I use um, shake and bake crust, and I use some 
some chicken batter and I will take it out the buttermilk, put it in the chicken batter and then flour it good and then drop it back in the buttermilk and then I'll drop it in the uh, shake and bake and then I'll drop it in the grease until it floats and then I'll put it on a bun with some uh, Chick-fil-A sauce, oh, yeah. a pickle, a little sliced tomato and uh, also I forgot to tell you I put pickle juice in the in the buttermilk too nice. when it's marinated. Mm-hmm. That's it. But I'll eat that. Some sometimes I'll take the turkey. I'll take a bunch of those hamburger helper packs, and I'll make I'll make the turkey with hamburger helper type stuff. Mm. Yeah. I'll eat that granola bars, water. I'm pretty simple. Like I don't really eat much in the spring. Like when I'm when I'm hunting, I I really don't. I eat like once a day. Probably not yeah. healthy, but I'm just so focused on hunting that I don't really. I just really don't allow my mind to get hungry. I think. I don't know. I've had buddies that laugh at me and they're like, you're like weird. How do you not eat? I'm just, I'm just focused on, on hunting the birds, finding the birds, getting killed. And then everything else is like the last thought in my mind. There's something to that because I, I lose a ton of weight during turkey season. I mean, A, I'm walking a lot more and then I don't eat as well. I mean, it's more, you start eating by necessity rather than like wanting to eat. (laughs) You kind of like remember that you need to eat. Exactly. Whereas when I'm sitting at home the other nine months of the year, I, I have no problem remembering that I want to eat. <laughs> that's it. A hundred percent. Yeah. That's yeah that's- what do you have or keep in the truck and also your turkey vest as far as a first aid kit is concerned since you're gone for so long and we know a lot of times traveling around these some of the best public ground spots are pretty remote and then in addition to that part b to the question is do you leave a travel plan with a loved one that can read a map all right so i guess i'll answer your first your second part first my wife is the only person that i share a location on my phone with it she knows where i'm at at all times um so it kind of you don't even trust your dad dang no, I, I mean, I, that's just how I am. Um, no offense to buddies or nothing like that. I just, some things, yeah. you know, this whole thing is special. Yeah. And not to get on a soapbox here, but uh, my thought process of traveling and turkey hunting is like, we can make this thing as easy as we want to make it, or we can make it as hard as we want to make it. And I try to tend to focus on more of the journey aspect of it. Um, you know, I'm not saying it's wrong to hunt with a buddy somewhere or, or travel to a state and, you know, but you got a buddy that lives in a state that you hadn't killed a turkey and you go travel with him and you shoot a turkey with him and and enjoy that friendship and make a memory you know that's that's those are all things that are awesome and and i've certainly done that a few times but to me you know i just like figuring it out getting there i don't want any lead i don't want someone to tell me where they've been in the past i kind of want to start on my own and figure it out and you know when you when you're sitting beside that turkey and paying your respects to him, it's just a different feeling, you know, and uh, it's something that money can't, money can't buy that, you know, when you're sleeping in your truck and you're grinding it out, you're coming close or missing turkeys and you had a spot on the map that you're thinking of and it's not turning up for you and you got to put five, six tanks of gas to your truck and you finally figure it out. And then you're sitting there beside that turkey. That's what I'm chasing. Like that's, that that's what i'm after that's what turns my wheels yeah. so but yeah wife um she's the one that knows she knows my location and and i've actually there's been a couple times where i've been so down in the dumps that you know i had a buddy tell me hey i this is this spot way over here try that and it was there to use but i never used it i just I, my mind won't really let me i just i want it to be my turkey and it's just to me it's just that much more special but um first aid kit i've got some stuff in my truck and galls and super glue to close a wound or a cut or something like that i don't have a snake bite kit i don't really worry about snakes i've spent my whole life in the swamp i've stepped on one rattlesnake my whole life and he bit me on the heel and he hit he ended up biting into the rubber of my rubber boot and didn't hit up top but um I spent, I mean, thousands of thousands of hours in the woods, and I've just never worried, really. Never really worried about a snake. Yeah, yeah. I have. It took me two years to trust my wife enough to give her my location, but 
were there. I always told her, I was like, I mean, you could still divorce me and give these spots to somebody else. She, I'm when she came on the back, list, just FYI. Yeah, well, she came back with, if you think I'm stupid enough to marry another turkey hunter, and I was like, you know, you got a point. <laughs> well, <laughs> I've offered her some money for him, so. Andy's the highest bidder. That's yeah. right. <laughs> yeah. As of right now, until this show's posted, and then she's going to be sitting on some, she may dump you sooner rather than later, Cameron. <laughs> For the money. There you go. Tighten big up. bucks. So this is, yeah, yeah. This this is not really a knock on my wife, but she can't read a map. So <laughs> neither can mine. You know, for me to give her a location, I, I I would worry more that she would try to find me and she would be the next one gone. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. So it's yeah. actually a solid point you got there. Yeah, but yeah, you know, I think it's important, and you touched on it right off the bat, Jordan. You said, you know, that sleeping in your truck, you know, you've not really had any any issues per se yet, but it's something that you think about, and you know, it's it happens. I mean, whether somebody, you know, is, is disappears due to foul play or disappears due to an accident. You know, that that's it happens all the time. Somebody gets lost, dehydrated, uh, hypothermia, you know, whatever it happens to be. And you get disoriented, you get lost and then, you know, nobody's found you or, you, you know, you've not reported in for days. And you, where do they start? You know, where do people start trying to find you? So I think that's important. I think that's something that, you know, probably not a whole lot of us do as we travel and turkey hunt, but more of us should do. So, right. Yeah, just sharing your location, you know, with with your significant other. You can do it on your iPhone where they can see exactly where you're at uh, mm-hmm. at all times. You know, I always make sure I, I do walk a lot of miles. I don't know how many. I'm trying to do a boot review. It's going to take me probably, I don't know, five years or so. But I've, I've already tried a bunch of different boots. But uh, I do walk a lot. So I walk a lot of miles. I don't know how many. You know, I start scouting early. If I had to guess how many, I'd say around six to seven hundred or more every spring. So there's times when you're you're a long way from the truck. So you got to kind of think about. You know, you definitely want want to have plenty of water with you. Yeah. I always make sure that I got plenty of water in my vest. Uh, another thing is, you know, I've got a one battery pack and a charger. So, you know, uh, I've got an app on my phone where it'll show my track. It, it'll work offline. Uh, I can put it in offline mode. I can download a 150 square mile radius of where I'm going to hunt on an offline map. And if I'm ever somewhere where a lot of times I don't have service, I can still navigate, um, you know, back to the truck. So those are those are standard things that are that are pretty imperative to uh, to do that way you got that peace of mind when you when you step out the truck and i think it kind of makes you hunt better i mean you don't have to worry about that you're not going to get back to the truck um and you've got plenty of you got plenty of you got plenty of battery life on your phone where you can you know get to a spot where you can call somebody or you know that type of thing yeah mm-hmm. what do you do as far as licenses are concerned are you buying those before you leave home for the states that you have uh, planned out to hunt for your your long trip, or are you buying them over the counter when you get there, type of thing? So I have ate a lot of tags. Just the nature of bow hunting turkeys is, you know, I <laughs> if I was uh, if I was hunting with a shotgun, I'd probably buy them all before, not to worry about it. But yeah. I have I don't do that anymore. I, if it's a state that I know I'm going to hunt, then I'll buy the tag. Like if it's an early early right. season, we'll say like yeah, I'm going to go to Texas, so I'm going to go ahead and. I'll buy the license because um, I know I'm 100% going to be there for a certain period of time. You know, I know I'm going to hunt Alabama again before Georgia opens, so I'll buy that that license. And then when I leave on a swing, I will not buy the tag until I'll buy the first state that I'm going to start at. I'll buy that tag. Now, some of these states you'll run into, some of these states you got to, if you're going to hunt public land, you got to draw. And then like New Jersey, I got to put in for that tag, so I'm going to go ahead and have to buy that one. But if it's just an over-the-counter state, I won't buy the tag until I, I arrive there. Yeah, that makes sense. It does stink eating tag soup, but we've all, all three of us have, have had tag soup before, and it's just part of it, you know, but you do, you definitely don't want to do it more than you have to. That's right. I can make I'm a quite fond of Arkansas tag soup. It's, it's growing on me. 
That's right. I'm trying, to think if, I was trying to think if there's a state that I've went to more than once or twice. I don't know right off, off the bat. Maybe it was Mississippi. Awesome. Yeah, I bought that tag three times. But the first time I was only there for two days. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, what What would you say was has been the most eye-opening part of traveling and turkey hunting? The Maybe the one or two things that you wish somebody had shared with you before you started doing it that would have saved you a little headache or heartache? Well, I mean, I used to travel years ago, you know, when I was younger. Um, not not quite the extent because of my the life structure, I guess, that I had. I wasn't able to do it as much. Uh, but, you know, the last few years I've been able to go for longer time frames. I tell you, most eye-opening thing. It's, it's probably just that the longer you're gone, it's just the more people you meet that are absolute strangers. Uh, I've had some just nothing really eye-opening as far as like base, like basic stuff because uh, a lot of that stuff that I've kind of just learned over the years. But I'd say some of the just things that I didn't think would really happen as far as like crazy stories that would happen. Like don't be afraid to talk to somebody or introduce yourself or uh, just stay persistent. I mean, there's no room for feeling bad for yourself. That's probably the worst. The biggest thing probably is to be mentally tough. I mean, to have fortitude to, to like just stay positive because being negative, I mean, that will just only make your experience that much worse. And once you get into a slump where you're focusing on negative stuff, the likelihood of you getting out of that and getting back on top of the mountain are statistically a lot worse. Uh, so, you know, I've had times when I was in Rhode Island and, you know, really had made a bunch of sacrifices to be able to allot myself the time away from home to do it more and had kind of struggled that year. I don't know. I I had some success, but I, uh, got poison ivy literally all over my body. I'm highly allergic and my face was swelling and I had already missed two different gobblers and, I just kind of had a little moment with God asking him, like, you know, you want me to keep doing this or do you, are you trying to tell me something like, you know, God's number one for me. So as much as I love turkey hunting and turkeys, which I do a whole lot, but I kind of had to have a little moment with him and I spent about an hour with him. And I mean, as crazy as it sounds, I was willing to just, if he wanted me to turn the truck around and drive. 1400 miles back home i was ready to do it and i asked him to kind of show me what he wanted me to do and the next day i ended up getting um went to the hospital got a shot cleaned my truck out that's one thing i try to do when i'm having a hard time or missing a gobble or two and you, t- you put all that time in you walk all those miles you you go through all that mental struggle and, you, and you're at the end of failure and you're trying to just battle the negative thought i tend to try to have a reset i try to edit my footage, wipe my cards clean, charge my batteries, shoot my bow once or twice, clean out my truck, you know, take all my stuff out, vacuum all the dirt out of the truck, clean it up, make sure I got all my stuff organized, all that type of stuff. And I got that shot, started feeling better. You know, they were going to give me a steroid pack. I was like, give me the shot now. I'm miserable. Ended up giving me the shot, started feeling better. The next day, I was hunting. I had missed one on public land up there. I had been told from everybody, like, don't even bother asking you know privately because they're just going to tell you no and i had asked a few people and you know a lot of really rude folks you know was mirroring with what people were telling me and i just had a feeling he was telling me to go ask a few people and so i drove around and um ran into this guy he's out in his pasture i pulled up waved at him i was like this guy's coming to cuss me out and uh i just opened up with him like you're not gonna believe what everybody told me and he's like oh yeah what's that huh i was like (laughs) they told me there wasn't there was a better chance that snowballs would fall from hell before you let me hunt one of your turkeys and he's like i tell you what bleep to bleep to bleep that's what they said huh they said you couldn't hunt my turkeys i tell you what you go shoot every one of them you want i was like well i only just want one (laughs) and uh (laughs) Yeah, ended up meeting the guy, cultivated a relationship with him. I killed my turkey on his place the next day, and that guy, he called me a few months ago. He's like, George, he said, uh, you come hunt my place anytime you want. You ain't got to stop and ask. You know where to park. If you're ever in the area, you want to hunt them, you just park and go right ahead. 
and um, ended up driving around there when I got permission the same day, actually. I ended up hunting his turkeys, but the same day, I, I was like, let's just see how the luck's going. So I you know, wanted a backup plan, so I drove around a little bit, ran into another spot, knocked on the door. They're like, do you need to stay here? You can wash your clothes. We're going to cook you dinner tonight. Like, just crazy yeah. stuff like that. You know, yep. it's, it's kind of cool. Kind of cool. So I'd say, like, just open up your mind to just staying positive, man, because, you know, it's it's not for everybody. There's obviously easier ways to go about it, but if you really want to get the most out of it, like, don't sell yourself short. Just just be mentally positive. You know, I know everybody don't have the same amount of time. It's not normal to be able to just travel all over. And so I'm not saying that's, like, that's the only way to do it. I don't want people to think i'm saying that i'm just saying like if you do choose to kind of if you're if you're fortunate enough and blessed enough to have the time to to taste it like that just try to be open-minded and and stay positive when it's getting rough for you and uh open your mind up to you know cool people that you'll that you'll meet yeah i think that's great advice yeah positivity is huge yes i had a guy in in, um, new hampshire that i had um i had found a a spot in new hampshire and um it was kind of questionable where the turkeys were and and i was legal to hunt them but i mean my conscience is pretty dang strong and i just was like no you know i know i'm legal but i'm not i'm not gonna hunt them there so i left and just struggled driving around probably put five tanks of gas in my truck and um had a hard time locating a gobbler saw a lot of jakes and i ended up finally finding a gobbler and i stopped to video the gobbler out the truck just to you know get some video of him and a guy all of a sudden i hear this voice cussing me out and i looked over there behind me and a guy was screaming at me at his house he's i was probably 200 yards from his house driving by this pasture and and so that bothered me because obviously he thought i was about to shoot the turkey from the truck and uh so that really that bothered me that he would think that or assume that which the guys probably dealt, had problems in the past so i turned it around pulled right up in there and uh talked to him and i basically just said before you say anything just just let me tell you this number one no i would never shoot a turkey from the road number two i drove all the way up from georgia i've been sleeping in my truck i hadn't had a shower in seven days you know i'm just trying to find a turkey to hunt i saw your turkey i was just taking a video of him. and the next thing he said was you can stay here <laughs> well yeah yeah <laughs> You never know what you're going to get out of people. I mean, that's that's the thing, you know. But that's to me is one of my favorite things about traveling and and hunting. Well, just traveling in general, period. But combining it with traveling and hunting is man, you you sure meet some characters. And I mean, you know, some of them are are good guys and some of them are bad guys. But you you meet them all. So that's right. Yeah. Yeah. That guy well, actually went and bought me lobster. Lobster. And cooked the lobster, and uh, let me wash my clothes and uh, charge my batteries. Set up, set up my computer in his den, and uh, he didn't have AC. That was that was new for me. So I got to sleep in a bed. There's no AC, but I really wasn't complaining. But the thought in my mind the whole time I was sitting there roosting that turkey was I'm 1,400 miles from home, and I'm just thinking about that turkey that's roosted. 500 yards from me right now <laughs> and i've got to kill that turkey tomorrow <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome as okay. far as uh, one question i was gonna ask you is gear is concerned i feel like there's people who've traveled multiple years there's a point where all of a sudden you do something and you're like man i'm glad i figured this out for me it would be portable boot dryers is there any gear you carry with you now that you're like well, i wish i had known this the first year i went out of state it's mm, a tough one um i'm not prepared for that question which i'm not prepared for a lot of these questions but it's good good i mean excellent question while um, you're thinking about it i'm going to say that cameron i wish you had known about portable boot dryers your first trip out of state too <laughs> or to carry two <laughs> pairs of socks Just please please god bring two more than one pair of socks <laughs> Yeah, having plenty, having having extra pairs uh, of socks and and all kind of like that's why I take I might wear the same the same pants I might change the shirt every two three days uh, or four or five days but socks are something that are a uh, premium I mean I probably I probably take I know I said Tim probably that's a lot I probably take fifteen pairs and uh, there's nothing like a fresh pair of socks when you walk 
12 miles, yeah. 14 miles, you're coming back to the truck and uh, you got a fresh pair of socks. That's uh, that's a game changer for sure. Good pair yeah. of socks. Um, I don't know. It's really just figure out what I tell a lot of people is figure out systems when you're hunting hard at home and ways to do things that, that you've kind of, I, I know some people aren't organized, but I'm going to tell you, like I'm very organized. All my stuff, there's no spot in my truck that I, there's no just random space. Everything has a spot. Everything's organized. I know how to get the stuff. I keep uh, in one of my side back doors. I've got like, it's basically a toiletry spot where I've got mouthwash, toothpaste, toothbrush, deodorant, shampoo. If I need to wash my face in a creek or hair in a creek, I don't have much hair. But, you know, if you need to wash your face and beard and your head and take a little, you know, splash shower or whatever, uh, antihistamine, uh, allergy meds, I try to take that every day just, just to Claritin or take something where you can not let the allergies flare up on you. That'd probably be a big thing I'm thinking of. Um, That's pretty smart. Take you, yeah, take you one of those standard over-the-counter allergy meds that if you take it every single day, you know, they won't flare up on you. Um, uh, sometimes I get fever blisters bad just from stress. Um, you know, I put a lot of stress on myself traveling, and, you know, you're exerting a lot of effort. You you put all this time and effort into somewhere to get an air and a turkey, and, you know, you're not – getting to sleep that you should and you just run on fumes every day uh it can be tough i, I keep some stuff called a breva uh goodies powder if you ever get get a fever blister it'll knock it out in a day uh that type of stuff i leave for headaches make sure you have plenty of water in your truck water's a big deal uh water to wash your hands off with water to drink um stuff like that that's that's pretty big i'm trying to think of trying to think of what else I make sure I have a, I pretty much get a new set of tires every year, but right around springtime, I'll, I'll take my truck to the shop. I think I got about 300,000 miles in my truck now or something like that. But I mean, you're talking about driving every spring. I probably drive, I don't know, 20,000 miles, something like that. So I try to make sure before I, before spring gets here, I'll take my truck to the shop and I'll have them go over it from top to bottom. Make sure there's not a joint that needs to be greased. Make sure my truck's aligned, get some fresh tires, um, you know, new air filters, new new everything. I mean, just make sure it's running tip-top shape, check your Freon, check everything that you need to check, fuses, all that stuff. Um, I've got a kind of a way I can work on my bow if I need to. Probably I need to get another bow for a backup. Um, i got plenty of errors, got plenty of tools for my bow. For broadheads, tons of extra broadheads, tons of extra airs, um, and so extra release, extra batteries, all that type of stuff is pretty pretty important. Cool, that was a good list. <laughs> mm-hmm. And I have five percent tent, uh, so that kind of I've got some privacy as far as like sleeping in the back seat. Yeah, if somebody that's... was trying to get, if someone was trying to get me, and like they were actual real threat. They would never like be able to see me, but there'd be some bullet holes going through the glass. <laughs> yeah, I get that. that. My I just got a new truck and it has tinted windows, and I actually thought of that advantage too for just sleeping, for it being darker and driving long ways with the sun and everything. It'll be nice. Yeah, one thing I'd tell that just came to my mind. I don't know which one of y'all asked the question, but uh, quarters, lots of uh, tolls. Of quarters. That's a game changer. I, huh. uh, you should get about $40 in quarters and have it in your front cup holder uh, and probably 40 bucks in ones uh, just in case the toll is like a cash-only toll or something like that uh, where you got to manually, you got to like feed the money in there. Maybe maybe, not, maybe like 10 bucks in ones, but uh, I haven't ran as many of them. Most of them are like quarters. You can just, as long as you got quarters, you'd be good, but I racked up probably, I don't know how, 300 bucks in toll charges from last spring. Oh, yeah. They killed me on tolls. Yeah. Yeah. Toll they got merged. Yep. Northeast will get, get you there. Yeah. yeah. For sure. That's that's a good suggestion, too. Very good suggestion. Sometimes you can get away from tolls, and sometimes you just there ain't no way around it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and I'll say this. If it's a $5 toll, and it means I get to sleep for 15 more minutes, Man. I'm paying the toll. <laughs> yeah, sleep's at a premium. Yeah, especially, you know, if you are in the Northeast and you have those long daylight periods, man, 
Ooh, take every minute you can get. Mm-hmm. No doubt. Yeah. No doubt. Well, that's that's all I really had. I appreciate you taking time to join us and talk about your passion of traveling to Turkey on. I think we can tell just by talking to you, you like it a little bit. <laughs> and that's right. You might be excited for March to get here again. I don't know, maybe. But a little bit. I think everybody could probably find something in there that might be useful to add to the repertoire if they're planning on traveling this year. I know I did. And folks can find you on YouTube, Close Proximity, and Instagram. And if they want a wingbone call, you make those. We were talking about that before the show. Yeah. I do. I absolutely do. I have a batch. Uh, most of them are spoken for, but I got, I still got a few that haven't been spoken for. Uh, I'll probably have a batch February sometime, and then I'll probably be a waiting list after that. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, I'd say another thing that I just I thought of because I didn't think of it before. I don't know where this lines in, but I know y'all asked about it. Um, don't get I would say a little piece of advice for folks is don't get so don't get totally caught up in goblin. A lot of what I do is is I'm walking a lot and looking and I'm obviously listening and I'm trying to strike a turkey but if I I pay just as much attention to signs if I see where a gobbler's coming out in a field at a certain spot and there's multiple tracks where he keeps doing it he keeps going to the high point in the field even if I hadn't heard him you know I know I know where I can hunt one so that's probably seeing one from the truck or finding one is just as good as hearing one so that's uh that's one thing people might want to put in their back of their mind yeah yeah that's good good advice. No doubt. Well, man, Jordan, thank you. Really appreciate your time and, and the information that you shared with us. And wish you a lot of luck this coming spring and the rest of deer season, too. I think you can still shoot a, another deer or two, so good luck with that. And hope to see you on the road somewhere. That's right. Appreciate y'all, fellas. Enjoyed it. Thank you. All right. Merry Christmas to you. Yeah, Merry Christmas. Yeah, you, y'all, too. All right, buddy. Bye. Bye. That was some great tips, man. Yeah, good stuff. Jordan's a great guy, and he's got some serious persistence in him and some mental toughness to be show up with a bow and drive, you know, 14 hours to go bow hunt turkeys. That is is intense. (laughs) I will promise you I would have ditched that bow after about the first 15 (laughs) minutes of the first day of the hunt. Yeah, he's got... I can't imagine when he finishes this thing, if he decides to go back to a gun, he is going to be a force to be reckoned with, I assume. Yes. Because if you, if you get pretty efficient at killing him with a bow, I mean, that is impressive because yeah. that is that is no small task. Yeah. I have, Not at all. So good stuff. That, yeah, I've got people that know a little bit about hunting, and when they hear that I'm a turkey hunter, they say, oh, do you bow hunt turkeys? I'm like, no, I'm barely good enough to kill one with a shotgun. (laughs) I'm nowhere near good enough to kill one with a bow. Yeah. I tried my hand at bow hunting in the fall that one year. Yeah. I got all I needed out of that. There you go. (laughs) I'm I'm good now. I understand. Jordan is just better than me. (laughs) Give me the gun. Yes. Yes, indeed. And I love the smell of gunpowder, too. So. Oh, yeah. What can you say? Yeah, absolutely. Well, that's... That was good stuff. I appreciate him taking the time to do that. And y'all go check out his videos or, or social media pages to see some bow hunting action. And if you need a wingbone call, apparently he's making some pretty good ones. I hear they're pretty pretty hot commodity these days. Yes, indeed. So check him out there. Get in contact with him if you need a wingbone. Yeah. Yep. I would definitely recommend doing that. And you have a favor of the week we've skipped that the past couple of weeks but do you have anything in mind yeah i'll go with turkeys for tomorrow uh just a reminder to everybody that that organization is still young still needs help you know hop in get involved with them as a donor or help in some way i saw that they're doing a study or helping fund a study i should say in tennessee this year which is fantastic and so you might get on their website, turkeysfortomorrow.org, and see what that study entails. It has to do with the two-week season delay that's being implemented this year. And I think it'd be really interesting. It just seems seems to me that that organization, as young as it is, is already getting in on some really good studies that are hopefully going to show us more efficient ways to hunt this bird while also allowing the turkey to flourish. So 
check them yeah. out if you haven't already. And secondary objective, go catch a coon. There you catch go. Catch one raccoon between now and next week's episode. That's that's what I'm saying. That's the favor of the week. Yeah. So many of these states have seasons, trapping seasons that are open now. Yeah. If, if it's legal. I mean, <laughs> go do it. Yeah. Do it. It'll make a difference. There's no doubt. And yep. I've got one favor as well. Come on. I would like to ask everyone listening to the show to have a very Merry Christmas. And if Hanukkah's your thing, then Happy Hanukkah to you as well. And to also ask, please don't take anything for granted. If you're gonna, mm-hmm. if you have the opportunity to spend some time with some family and friends, by all means, do that. Enjoy every second of it. Enjoy the holidays and. We are extremely thankful for all of you who listen to the show, and we're just pumped that the holidays are here because in another week, 10 days, it's going to be 2023, and it won't be long. That's a fact. That's a fact. Look forward to bringing y'all some more content in 23. Hopefully, we keep rolling out some good ones. Appreciate y'all listening. Merry Christmas. That... uh, our off-season content this year is outstanding. I just have yeah, to say if, that. I'm, I'm if you're one of our seasonal folks right and you're just now rolling back around, highly suggest going back and looking at, at some of these episodes. By all means, you will not, you will be, not disappointed. be disappointed. Not a bit. So, cool, man. Well, I wish you and yours a very Merry Christmas as well. I know J-Dub is going to be rocking and rolling Christmas morning. Oh, yeah. I guess it's going to be fun around your house. So It is going to be rolling. The yeah. house is very lively these days, and she's found her gifts and loves carrying them around the house already. So it's going to be fun. That's awesome. Well, yeah. <laughs> right, give... Merry Christmas to you and Tammy. Thank Merry you. Merry Christmas to the listeners. See you guys next week. Yes, indeed. Thank you guys so much for tuning in this week. We know that you have choices. We appreciate you spending your time with us. We hope you have a wonderful week, and we look forward to seeing you again next week. Goodbye. Goodbye. Thanks for tuning in. You were just listening to the Turkey Hunter podcast. If you enjoyed the show, please go on over to iTunes and leave a five-star review. And make sure to head over to www.iamturkeyhunting.com to subscribe for free turkey hunting tips, tactics, strategies, and product reviews to help you have a more successful turkey season. And stay tuned for upcoming episodes on hunting afternoon birds, how to film your hunt, and the breeding cycle of hens, as well as some guest interviews. Thanks again for listening. We know your time is valuable, and we appreciate you sharing some of it with us. See you next week.